the seal and the mark. This is number six in this series. Will you join me as we pray? Heavenly Father, as we study about thy holy seal and the dragon's mark of authority, we beseech thee to help us to determine by thy grace to be found worthy to receive thy everlasting seal of acceptance, that we may possess the heavenly passport that will give us a right to enter in through the gates into thy new Jerusalem. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Turn with me, please, to Revelation 7, 1 to 3, where we will find our scriptural foundation for this study. I read, After these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in their foreheads. As an introduction to this study, some years ago, while in my world travel for the General Conference Youth Department, my plane was landing at the Bolivia International Airport, which is the highest elevation for a commercial airport in the world. I was watching the landing procedures and unprepared for what was to take place after we had safely landed. One never knows what to expect when traveling on assignment for the general conference. For example, you may be weary after spending many hours on the plane, only to be met at the airport and unexpectedly told that you are to speak on a certain subject at an evangelistic meeting in the great city of Buenos Aires, where nearly 2,000 are waiting. The evangelist has been taken suddenly ill, and I am the one that must perform. I had no time to prepare except a 15-minute wild ride from the airport. I did all that I could do, and that was to pray, and thank God he gave me the message. But now, back to Bolivia. The jet had just landed, and we are met by a delegation requesting that I immediately join them in caring for a serious problem, which meant we must visit the highest authority in the country of Bolivia. The first thing we had to do was to arrange for permission for this visit, so we visited an officer of the government who agreed to grant our request. He writes a few lines on a sheet of paper 
and then places it in an envelope. Then he tells us that we are to personally hand this letter to the high dignitary who will then receive us. But before he handed us this letter, he did something I have never seen done before in my life. This official lighted a special red candle, turned it upside down so the hot wax dripped down onto the letter flap, sealing it to the envelope with a large amount of wax. Then he took his personal ring that he was wearing on his middle finger of his left hand and gently pushed it into the warm wax with a rounded motion so that the letter now bore his personal seal of authority. I felt like I was back in the Old Testament days when Queen Esther asked for a letter from King Ahasuerus to be sealed with the king's ring containing a decree that could never be altered, for this was the law of the Medes and the Persians, a letter that would save Esther and her people from certain death. You know, seals have been used for thousands of years to provide a permanent shutting or closing of a document. Such a letter could not be opened or altered without tearing apart the molded seal of wax. So likewise, when the seal of God is applied in God's way to his living saints on this earth, they will become permanently identified as God's chosen ones belonging to him, for they have already developed Christ like characters, so that they will be sealed forever. But at the same time that the saints are sealed, the mark of the beast will also be placed on those who by their decision and action have refused the seal of God. For these have decided not to obey God's expressed will as taught in the scripture. The sealing of the saints will be a major event in the lives of the remnant who are living in the end time. Now, with this introduction, we are ready to begin this study in earnest. First, let us discover the nature of God's seal and how it differs from the mark. For everyone alive at the sealing time will either receive the seal of God or the mark of the beast. And we are told that this will take place when winds of strife, war, and disaster are being held in check until the seal is placed upon God's people. In Bible Commentary 7, page 968, we read, Everything in the world is in an unsettled state. The nations are angry, and great preparations for war are being made. Nation is plotting against nation and kingdom against kingdom. 
the great day of God is hastening greatly. But although the nations are mustering their forces for war and bloodshed, the command to the angels is still in force, that they hold the four winds until the servants of God are sealed in their foreheads. But we should also remember that the seal of God will be placed upon the saints before the last great battle, which the Bible calls Armageddon. In Bible Commentary 7, page 968, are these words, As yet the four winds are held until the servants of God shall be sealed in their foreheads. Then the powers of earth will marshal their forces for the last great battle. How carefully we should improve the little remaining period of our probation. So, now is the time to prepare for the sealing. In that beautiful little book called Early Writings, page 58, we find these words, <clears throat> The sealing time is very short, and it will soon be over. Now is the time while the four angels are holding the four winds to make sure our calling and election sure. Uh, someone may ask this question. What does the seal look like? I hope you're not going to be surprised, for it cannot be seen. Inspiration explains in Bible Commentary 7, 968. What is the seal of the living God which is placed in the forehead of his people? It is a mark which angels but not human eyes can read. For the destroying angel must see this mark of redemption. And then notice these words. The intelligent mind has seen the sign of the cross of Calvary in the Lord's adopted sons and daughters, the sin of transgression of the law of God is taken away. They have on the wedding garment and are obedient and faithful to all God's commands. Now, isn't that one of the most beautiful descriptions you have ever heard? of those who are to be sealed? Did you notice their sins have been blotted out because of Christ's shed blood on the cross? They are clothed in his wedding garment. They are totally obedient to all of his commandments. And they are sealed forever. Praise God. The servant of the Lord tells us that this wondrous experience is brought about by a settling into the truth. Bible Commentary 4, 1161. Just as soon as the people of God are sealed in their foreheads, it is not any seal or mark that can be seen, but a settling into the truth, both intellectually and spiritually so they cannot be moved. 
Now, did you notice those words? The sealing into truth involves an intellectual knowledge of the truth and spiritually daily living the truth. Thus, we have learned that it is such individuals who will be sealed. And this sealing is of most vital importance because it is our passport to heaven. In my files are three passport books, each containing official stamps and signatures, which permitted me to enter scores of countries of this world. Without such a passport, I could never have traveled the world. A passport is an absolute must. May I ask you a question? Are you planning to enter the gates of the New Jerusalem in heaven? Then don't be surprised when I tell you, you must have a passport. Listen as I read this from Bible Commentary, Volume 7, 970. Only those who receive the seal of the living God will have the passport through the gates of the holy city. Earthly governments have many requirements for their passports that must be met in order to enter their country. But what are heaven's requirements? Bible Commentary 7, page 970. The seal of the living God will be placed upon those only who bear a likeness to Christ in character. This has but one meaning. We must reflect the image of Jesus perfectly. Early Writings, page 71. I also saw that many do not realize what they must be in order to live in the sight of the Lord without a high priest in the sanctuary through the time of trouble. Those who receive the seal of the living God and are protected in the time of trouble must reflect the image of Jesus fully. And that's quite a mouthful. It's more than just believing, far more than just saying, I love Jesus. Let's let the servant of God spell it out in these words that I read. Testimonies 5, page 216. <clears throat> the seal of God will never be placed upon the forehead of an impure man or woman. It will never be placed upon the forehead of the ambitious, world-loving man or woman. It will never be placed upon the forehead of a man or woman of false tongues or deceitful hearts. All who receive the seal must be without spot before God, candidates for heaven. Now you can see that this is becoming serious, and you had better believe it. There are too many preachers today who are talking about the love of God as something sort of sentimental, 
but the real love of God has to do with obedience. In that beautiful book, Sons and Daughters of God, I read these stirring words on page 51. Love is expressed in obedience, and perfect love casteth out all fear. Those who love God have the seal of God in their forehead and work the works of God. In fact, in order to be sealed, one must be an overcomer. This gives no place to that devilish teaching that one can be sinning until Jesus comes. Don't you ever believe it? Testimonies to Ministers, page 445. Those that overcome the world, the flesh, the devil, will be the favored ones who shall receive the seal of the living God. Many are erroneously neglecting the need to prepare now. They are waiting for the latter rain to change them, but such will never receive the passport to heaven. Continuing, continuing to read from that book, Early Writings, page 71, those who receive the seal of the living God and are protected in the time of trouble must reflect the image of Jesus fully. I saw that many were neglecting the preparation so needful and were looking to the time of refreshing and the latter rain to fit them to stand in the day of the Lord and to live in his sight. Oh, how many I saw in the time of trouble without a shelter. One of the requirements to receive God's seal is that we conscientiously keep holy the seventh-day Sabbath. In Bible Commentary 7, page 980, the seal of the living God is placed upon those who conscientiously keep the Sabbath of the Lord. Which Sabbath? Bible Commentary 7, 970. Those who would have the seal of God in their foreheads must keep the Sabbath of the fourth commandment. Why? Bible Commentary 7, page 981. True observance of the Sabbath is the sign of loyalty to God because, Testimony 6, page 350, the fourth commandment alone of all the ten contain the seal of the great lawgiver, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And how does this apply to you and to me? In the book, The Last Day Events, page 220, the observance of the Lord's memorial, the Sabbath instituted in Eden, the seventh-day Sabbath, is the test of our loyalty to God. It is thus that we are sealed. Volume 7, page 969. A mark 
is placed upon every one of God's people just as verily as a mark was placed over the doors of the Hebrew dwellings to preserve the people from their general ruin. God declares, I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctifieth them. Ezekiel 20, 12. So let us strive now to put away sin and become complete in Christ. Inspiration puts this appeal in these simple words to understand. Selected Messages 3, page 427. Are we striving with all our God-given powers to reach the measure of the statue of men and women in Christ? Are we seeking for his fullness, ever reaching higher and higher, trying to attain to the perfection of his character? When God's servants reach this point, they will be sealed in their foreheads. The recording angel will declare, It is done. They will be complete in him because they are by creation and redemption. And so, so much for the seal, which is our passport to heaven. Now let us take some time to discuss the mark of the beast. You will find this is the opposite of the seal of God. Consider with me what is involved in receiving the mark of the beast. And this is something that we all need to understand. It is very important that we know how to avoid the mark. I read in Great Controversy, page 594, the fearful judgments denounced against the worship of the beast and his image should lead all to a diligent study of the prophecies to learn what the mark of the beast is and how they are to avoid receiving it. God's warning against the mark comes with tremendous importance. Unlike all other warnings contained in the scriptures, God chose to give these warnings in a different manner. Let's read Great Controversy 594. When God sends to men warnings so important that they are represented as proclaimed by holy angels flying in the midst of the heavens, he requires every person endowed with reasoning power to heed the message. The fearful judgments denounced against the worship of the beast and his image should lead all to a diligent study of the prophecies to learn what the mark of the beast is and how they are to avoid receiving it. Now, what is the mark of the beast? Bible Commentary 7, page 979. John was called to behold a people distinct from those who worship the beast and his image, 
by keeping the first day of the week. The observance of this day is the mark of the beast. Now even the papacy declares their changing of the Sabbath to Sunday is their mark. In signs, March 22, 1910, as the sign of the authority of the Catholic Church, papist writers cite this very act of changing the Sabbath unto Sunday. So there is no question that the enactment of a Sunday law is a device of Satan to utterly destroy God's authority. Listen to this quotation. Bible Commentary 7, 976. When the legislature frames laws which exalt the first day of the week and put in place of the seventh day, the device of Satan will be perfected. Unquote. Now those who understand the claims of the fourth commandment but yet choose to observe Sunday as the day of worship are worshiping the beast. Now I'll turn to the great controversy to substantiate this fact. I am reading from page 448. The enforcement of Sunday keeping on the part of Protestant churches is an enforcement of the worship of the papacy of the beast. Those who, understanding the claims of the fourth commandment, choose to observe the false instead of the true Sabbath, are thereby paying homage to that power to which alone it is commanded." Unquote. And so the Bible, the spirit of prophecy, authentic history, and the papal church are all agreed that the papal Sabbath is the mark of the beast. In Evangelism, page 234, the change of the Sabbath is the sign or mark of the authority of the Romish church. The mark of the beast is the papal Sabbath." Unquote. Now this false Sabbath is the basis of Rome's claim that she has the authority over all the people of the earth. Listen carefully. Manuscript 51, 1899. Roman Catholics acknowledge that the change in the Sabbath was made by their church and they cite this very change as evidence of the supreme authority of the church. Therefore, the day we observe as God's holy Sabbath day determines whose kingdom we are the subjects of. In Testimony 6, page 352, each Sabbath institution bears the name of its author, an ineffaceable mark that shows the authority of each. It is our work to lead the people to understand this. We are to show that it is a vital consequence whether they bear the mark of God's kingdom or 
the mark of rebellion, for they acknowledge themselves subjects of the kingdom whose mark they bear. The beast Sabbath is the spurious Sabbath. Manuscript 63, 1899, the spurious Sabbath bears the mark of the man of sin. And here are undeniable facts. The very word Sunday conveys its meaning. It is the S-U-N, the sun's day, the day of the sun god, which throughout history has been the pagan holy day in which they worship Satan. Never that the papacy, by changing the day of worship from the seventh day to the first day, the papacy was able to exalt itself above the God of heaven. In Great Controversy, page 446, only by changing God's law could the papacy exalt itself above God. Whoever should understandingly keep the law as thus changed would be given supreme honor to that power by which the change was made. Such an act of obedience to papal laws would be a mark of allegiance to the Pope in the place of God. And so, so much for the mark of the beast. Now, let's glean a few facts from a comparison between the seal and the mark. First, the image of the beast must be formed by the enactment of a national Sunday law. Second, God's people will then be tested by this law. Third, then they are individually sealed or receive the mark of the beast. And fourth, thus their probation is now closed. Listen carefully as this is spelled out by the Lord. Notice how this quotation begins. Bible Commentary 7, page 976. The Lord has shown me clearly. Notice the words. The Lord has shown me clearly that the image of the beast will be formed before probation closes. For it is to be the great test for the people of God by which their eternal destiny will be decided. This is the test that the people of God must have before they are sealed. All who prove their loyalty to God by observing his law and refusing to accept a spurious Sabbath will rank under the banner of the Lord God Jehovah and will receive the seal of the living God. Those who yield the truth of heavenly origin and accept the Sunday Sabbath will receive the mark of the beast, unquote. 
Now the following clearly reveals that some will be passed by never to receive the seal of God, while others, not of our faith, now will accept the truth when they hear it and be sealed. I'm reading this from Selected Messages 2, page 16. I speak not my own words when I say that God's Spirit will pass by those who have had their day of test and opportunity, but who have not distinguished the voice of God or appreciated the movings of His Spirit. Then thousands in the eleventh hour will see and acknowledge the truth. I want you to notice the kind of a God that we serve, how he is pictured as a God of love and mercy. In Bible Commentary 7, page 979, the time of God's destructive judgments is the time of mercy for those who have had no opportunity to learn what is truth. Tenderly will the Lord look upon them. His heart of mercy is touched, his hand still stretched out to save, while the door is closed to those who would not enter. Large numbers will be admitted who in these last days hear the truth for the first time time. Isn't that beautiful? And here is another sequence to remember concerning the mark. Bible Commentary 7, page 980. When the test comes, it will be clearly shown that the mark of the beast is. It is keeping of Sunday. Those who after having heard the truth continue to regard this day as holy, will bear the signature of the man of sin who thought to change times and laws. Now what we have just read is very important because there are some that are teaching today that the latter rain and the sealing precede the national Sunday crisis. It is frequently stated in denominational papers and gatherings that the latter rain is now falling somewhere in the world because of the large number of baptisms that are taking place. But this is not the case. The Bible and the spirit of prophecy support the fact that Sunday law crisis precedes and leads into the latter rain and the sealing before probation closes. Now, if the sealing and the latter rain should come first, you notice I said if, then it is easy to see how the present new theology can teach that we can remain in our sins while we receive the latter rain and are sealed, and that the saints can continue to sin until Jesus comes. But this is entirely incorrect. It is a damning error that is bringing false hope to thousands of God's people. Another factor to remember 
is that the sealing and the placing of the mark is a progressive action. There are four different factors that render it impossible for anyone on earth to instantly receive the seal or the mark. Number one, each person must make an intelligent choice to receive either the mark or the seal. So both the seal and the mark are being placed at the same time. Yet, the seal or the mark are only placed after the decree is made and the issues are understood, making possible a final decision which will require time. Secondly, those in the remnant church will understand the issue facing the world, and some will be sealed or marked before others. Third, we are told that those who are sealed will begin giving the loud cry of the third angel to still others. And as these accept or reject the message, they too will be sealed or marked. Finally, four. The United States will lead out in enforcing the decree and enforcing the mark. All other nations will follow until the entire earth is included in a universal Sunday law. And this will require time in placing the seal and the mark. But remember those words. The last movements will be rapid. In Great Controversy, page 605. While one class receives the mark of the beast, the other receives the seal of God. As the controversy extends into new fields, when the third angel's message closes, all who have proved themselves loyal to the divine precepts have received the seal of the living God. Testimony 6, page 395. Foreign nations will follow the example of the United States. Though she leads out, yet the same crisis will come upon our people in all parts of the world. How I wish I could stress what I consider to be the most important lesson that should be gained from this study. And that is this, that now we should daily be developing Christ-like characters and asking the Holy Spirit to help us in this development. So, that when the Sunday Law crisis suddenly occurs, we shall be prepared to receive the seal and not the mark. But ever keep in mind that Satan is now also putting forth superhuman efforts to keep us from being prepared. In early writings, page 44, are these words, Oh, that all could get a view of it as God revealed it to me, that they might know more of the wiles of Satan and be on their guard. I saw that Satan was at work in these ways to distract, deceive, and draw away God's people just now in the sealing time.
And so our decision must be made now. Early Writings, page 67. Those who would not receive the mark of the beast and his image when the decree goes forth must have decision now to say, Nay, we will not regard the institution of the beast. So this is the time to be settling into the truth and to be gaining victory over every sin. Bible Commentary 4, page 116. Now, while our great high priest is making the atonement for us, we should seek to become perfect in Christ. It is in this life that we are to be separated, we are to separate sin from us through faith in the atoning blood of Christ. And so let us determine to do this now, today, before probation closes. For there will be no time for change after probation closes. And now I want to read to you the most simple, plain, easy to understand statement that I have ever found in the spirit of prophecy regarding what is to take place. I'm reading Testimonies 2, page 355. <clears throat> we believe without a doubt that Christ is soon coming, and I'm sure that you do. She continues, when he comes, he is not to cleanse us of our sins, to remove from us the defects of our character, or to cure us of the infirmities of our tempers and dispositions. If wrought for us at all, this work will all be accomplished before that time. When the Lord comes, those who are holy will be holy still. Those who have preserved their bodies and spirits in holiness, in sanctification and honor, will then receive the finishing touch of immortality. But those who are unjust, unsanctified, and filthy will remain so forever. No work will then be done for them to remove their defects and give them holy characters. The refiner does not then sit to pursue his refining process and remove their sins and their corruption. This is all to be done in these hours of probation. It is now that this work is to be accomplished for us. We are now in God's workmanship. Many of us are rough stones from the quarry, but as we lay hold upon the truth of God, its influence affects us. It elevates us and removes from us every imperfection and sin of whatever nature. Thus, we are prepared to see the King in his beauty and finally to unite with the pure and heavenly angels in the kingdom of glory. It is here that this work is to be accomplished for us, here that our bodies and spirits are to be fitted 
for immortality. Oh, how I long to be ready to meet Jesus. And I know that that same feeling is within your heart. And so I close with this appeal that is found in volume 5, page 466. It is a solemn thing to die, but a far more solemn thing to live. Every thought and word and deed of our lives will meet us again. What we make of ourselves in probationary time, that we must remain to all eternity. Death brings dissolution to the body, but makes no change in the character. The coming of Christ does not change our characters. It only fixes them forever, beyond all change. God help us to be ready. Let us pray. O oh God, we so desperately need thy help just now to form characters worthy of thy wedding garment. We cannot change our lives without thy divine help. And so, God, come now and abide in us as we surrender to thy will and recreate within us a life worthy to be sealed. Amen. Crystal flowing rain.